0: Hello, everyone. My name is Jay Frederick, and you are listening to Keep Talking. This podcast is designed to keep your intellectual gears grinding and the conversation going about topics that are important to our society. You can find us at keeptalkingtv.com, on Twitter at I Say They Lie, and on Instagram at Keep Talking TV. This is episode one, so let's get conversing. On today's episode of Keep Talking, we are going to take the conversation back to June of this year, 2016. So in June, everyone went crazy over the speech that Jesse Williams gave at the BET Awards, particularly the part of his speech when he accused white people of being guilty of cultural appropriation. So here's exactly what Jesse had to say.
1: We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo. And we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. The thing is, though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real.
0: Thank you. So in other words, what Jesse was saying is how can white people continue to devalue and destroy black lives and then turn back around and profit from, steal, and exploit black culture. So this particular um, comment by Jesse Williams really set people off. Um, some people on the internet thought, well, yeah, white people are Um, stealing black culture they are guilty of cultural appropriation and it needs to stop now it's almost like they're making a minstrel show all over again um of black people and mocking black people by as jesse williams said trying on our culture like costumes while other people namely Whoopi Goldberg, they feel like, you know, cultural appropriation is not really a thing, that we all borrow from each other's culture, um, and therefore none of us can cry out that one person is guilty of cultural appropriation versus the other. So here's what Whoopi had to say about, um, in response to Jesse Williams' speech, and about this idea of cultural appropriation.
1: It was a great speech. Uh... I think it wasn't necessarily directed at Justin Timberlake. I think Justin Timberlake was saying, hey, oh, I get it. I was inspired. I I, I get this. Um, It's hard to bitch about this, though, when Usher finds Justin Bieber, who is a rapper, uh, and says, hey, come and do this. And the reason why I think Justin Timberlake talks about one is because musicians are a whole different... And I think they're different because all of those years of music disappearing from different musicians, Mm -hmm. I think musicians saw that and so now they're listening to the music. It's the one language in the world where you don't have to know what's being said, you get the groove. So I think (laughs) that there's a lot of appropriation going back and forth. The weave, okay? The weave doesn't look like this. The weave kind of looks like this. It does? Yeah, a lot of weaves look like this. So, so I just feel like if you're gonna talk about appropriating and what's cool and what's not cool, we're all in deep doo-doo because we're doing it to each other constantly.
0: So, whoopi really views this idea of cultural appropriation as nonsense to her, we're all running around here like the hand like the culture burglar, taking copious bites out of each other's culture. And for that reason, none of us really have the right to whine and complain about being victims of cultural appropriation. She believes that black women wearing weave is an example of cultural appropriation. I'm assuming whether it's a weave that's straight or curly um, because it's not the natural hair um, of the black woman. They are trying to take on the appearance, perhaps, of another culture. So on that same episode of The View, um, one of the other hosts, Sunny, she actually views um, this idea of black women wearing weaves a little bit differently than Whoopi does. She doesn't see this as cultural appropriation. She actually sees this as um, an attempt of a minority and underclass to assimilate into the mainstream culture in order to be able to survive and navigate that culture without discrimination. So this is why I really wanted to keep the conversation going about this idea of cultural appropriation and and how it applies to minority groups. Can minorities actually be cultural appropriators or are all or is it that all minorities are just trying to do what's necessary in order to fit in? So, so you think about sort of the portrayal of the appearance, the the, the appearance of somebody of African descent throughout history. Um, in many parts of the world, this idea of assimilation becomes more and more acceptable. So when I think about um ...a woman of color wearing a straight European, you know, I guess, style weave. And this woman um, is someone who is in entertainment or trying to get into entertainment... Um, I, I can't accept the idea that this woman looks this way because she feels that this is a more acceptable look in the industry that she wants to get into. For example, if she wants to be an actress, perhaps her entire life, the majority of the actresses that she has seen on TV, black, white or otherwise, has looked this way. So she begins to paint this picture in her mind. That this is how you need to look in order to make it in a particular industry. You need to have straight hair. You need to, you know, try to make your features look more European because that's what is acceptable. Um, When you just think about the historical treatment of blacks in America, just to have a little bit more of an isolated um, point of view, there have been and are real consequences for not just being black but looking Black in America, um, you are you you were subjected to a world of torture and um, discrimination. Even as recently as stop and frisk, looking black put you in um, could put possibly put you in a predicament to be stopped and frisked and detained by the police for no other reason other than the fact that you look black. Arizona actually passed the law. Um, it might still be a law. It may not. But they actually had. Although in Arizona that if you looked like you were an immigrant, then you could be stopped and detained and questioned about your citizenship. So, yes, there are real consequences to looking a certain way. So when you, you know, you start to watch the, you know, you watch the TV too much and you engage in the media too much and you start to realize that all the people who look like you are often portrayed as criminals, they're often portrayed as not doing so well. They're poor, they're in prison, they're not a part of this class of people. On the other hand, who whenever you see them on TV, they're, you know, famous actresses and they're getting awards for doing this or doing that, you start to think to yourself, well, perhaps, you know, looking this way is not going to be beneficial to me in the future. So you may turn to means in order to change your appearance. A lot of people will argue, and I will argue this as well, that, you know, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Eric Gardner, and a lot of these individuals would still be here if not for the fact that they um, were black people or that they are black people. You know, um, they think that they were targeted because of how they look because of the color of their skin. So if you are trying to survive and you're not trying to end up murdered by the police or someone else because you are black, because this is becoming to be sort of the consensus now that if you see a black person, you should be afraid of them and you should, you know, act to what some people are saying is self-defense and some people are just saying it's just blatant murder, but you should act in these violent ways towards black people Simply because it's been put in your head for hundreds of years that this group of people is to be feared. The movie, the original Birth of a Nation movie, the whole point of that movie was to put in white people's heads this idea that the black man is someone to be feared. And therefore should be detained, should be put in a cage and locked away because this person who looks like this is an evil person, is not inherently evil right this person is going to pillage your neighborhoods rape your women rob you um kill your children or whatever the case may be so when you see this over and over and over again and over time it's still happening it's just transformed because the majority of the stories that you see on the news still um are black males um being portrayed as criminals um In Every time there's a story now, especially when you watch local news, you are guaranteed to see the face of a black male um, being accused of some sort of crime. Hundreds and hundreds, at at least I would say 80% of the stories that have to do with crime. It's the face of a black male. It's not that other groups are not committing crimes. It's just so happened that this is the group of people that you often see on the news over and over and over again. And it's just become the narrative um, in a lot of cultures that, a certain look is to be feared um so when you are a part of that group of people that are constantly demonized and all you want to do is just make it all you want to do is be able to survive there's no surprise that people turn to means of altering their appearance and in an attempt to do what they think is surviving and this is where the assimilation comes into there's often this idea um in black communities that someone is acting white whenever someone um, wants to better themselves and um, reach for better opportunities they're oftentimes called acting white so in a lot of instances i wouldn't say that someone's acting white just because they want to get an education and they want to do better but um, i have come across people who have literally you know, dyed their hair blonde and put in blue contacts and they start to speak in what some would call a volley accent. And we can we can argue whether or not if that's a, you know, majority white accent or not. That's not really the point. The point is that I have seen sort of this transformation in people when they want to better themselves to sort of adopt what they think are the um is the appearance and the mannerisms of the mainstream culture um i like to often argue with people because i think sometimes when you see these white celebrities that don't know any better doing with some people call acting black i don't really see this acting black i don't i see it as them you know possibly being caricatures of what they think is black but that's a different topic for a different day so there are real consequences um that we have seen play out in this society as well as others for looking a certain way. So when you take these consequences into consideration, can you say that a African American woman wearing a straight weave is cultural appropriation or is it this woman trying to assimilate into this culture, the mainstream culture, in order to survive? So for example, there was a picture that came out um, of a African model. Mac put this picture up of this African model's lips. And she was a lip model for whatever this, I guess, lipstick was. And when this picture came out, people on the internet went completely berserk. Most of the comments were negative. They were racist. Um, they, they were saying things like, what is that on her face? Her lips are so ugly. Why would Mac do this? They need to take this picture down now. I read comments that said things like black women are so ugly. Those lips would look better on a white woman. So just imagine if Mac would have actually reacted to those negative comments and pulled this model and pulled this campaign. So if you're the model, you know, and and you You don't have a strong sense of self and you don't really know that your lips are beautiful and you just want to make it as a model. You know, you may go through a procedure to change your lips because you've just not only lost a huge opportunity because of what people are saying about your lips, but now you have sort of internalized that negativity and you think that your lips are not pretty. So would that model be appropriating white culture if she decided she wanted to somehow make her lips smaller? Or would that white woman try, I'm sorry, would that model try, would it be her, an example of her trying to fit in so that she could make it as a model and follow her dreams and be a model? Fortunately, all of those ignorant comments were dismissed. Um, And if I ever have the chance to speak to this young lady, I would love to hear her opinion about this. But fortunately, those comments were dismissed by Mac and Mac didn't pay them any attention. But just think about the reaction. Her appearance had a real consequence in terms of what how people reacted in this world. And it could have had a real consequence in terms of her opportunity of being a model. Um, If you want to go back to, you know, up until the 1950s, there was the brown paper bag test. And if your skin wasn't the same color or lighter than a brown paper bag you were denied social opportunities such as entry into fraternities and churches and social clubs and things that were known at the time to help your mobility and to help you sort of get out of you know, to help you sort of economically grow as a black person. Now, it should be pointed out that this brown paper bag test was practiced by black people within the black community. And that will lead that leads me to another point that I'm going to make a little bit later about assimilation and internalized racism. You know how those two things relate. But before I talk about that, um, I just want to point out some other historical practices. Um, You had the pencil test that was practiced during um, apartheid in South Africa. And this test was um, implemented to determine the texture of an individual's hair so that they could tell whether or not this person was white or if this person was colored or if this person was black. So depending on... um, the ease of being able to get the pencil out of one's hair, you know, if they couldn't get it out easily, you you, you failed the test and therefore, you know, you were considered a black person or a colored person. And thus subjected to um, the segregation that was going on and the denial of the opportunities that the whites during this time were receiving. So hair texture you know your hair texture when we want to talk about wearing weave right your hair texture during um apartheid really determined whether or not you had access to opportunities and whether or not you were treated poorly um and abused and um you know marginalized in south africa um so these are very important examples because when you talking about assimilating into a culture um, versus appropriating that culture to me you're talking about two very different things you're talking about sort of taking on someone's culture uh, because you think it's cool because you think it's popular because you know somehow you might gain you know financially or otherwise, from doing so, or perhaps even gain fans if you're a musician or an an artist for doing so. And when you're talking about assimilation, a lot of times you're doing it for survival. So what I want to get into next is I want to get into this idea of assimilation and how it relates to internalized racism. And this is very important because if we're going to label If we're going to say something like Whoopi Goldberg said, if we're going to say that everyone's appropriating everyone's culture and we all need to stop complaining, we really need to determine if this is actually happening. If cultural appropriation within minority groups is actually happening or if it's like Sonny said, if it's assimilation. So, my name is Jay Frederick. You are listening to Keep Talking, and when we come back, we're going to dig into this topic more. Cultural appropriation versus assimilation, and how this idea of assimilation relates to internalized racism. Hello, and welcome back to Keep Talking. So, we left off with this idea of cultural appropriation versus assimilation and whether or not minority groups are actually appropriating white or mainstream culture or if what we are seeing is an attempt to assimilate in order to be able to better one's chances at life and just to be able to survive in general when you are surrounded by the dominant culture. So another example that I wanted to give is what is happening with Nigerian women. So according to the World Health Organization, 77% of women in Nigeria are using skin lightening products. And I read a couple articles about this and why this is happening. And a lot of these women believe that if they have lighter skin... That they will have a better chance and more opportunities in life. So there's this idea, like I mentioned before, that if you somehow look more white or more like the people who are successful, that you will be able to put yourself in a position to also have those successes. So... We're also seeing this happening, um, not just with Nigerians, but skin bleaching is a big thing with Indians as well. Um, they have a whole class in India called the untouchables. And this class is really subjected to economic as well as, um, social hardships simply because they are born into this group of people, mostly darker skinned people, um, who are considered to be untouchable people, a lower class of people. So in order to sort of get out of that untouchable class, you have Indian um, individuals bleaching their skin as well. Um, There's also a phenomenon going on in um, China where there are a lot of women getting eye surgery. And they're getting eye surgery so that the slant of their eyes can be less defined, and so their eyes can look, um, as they say, bigger. So, there was an article um, on CNN's website, and they were talking to this mother who encouraged her 12 year old daughter to get this eye surgery, and they wanted to know why she would do such a thing. And her explanation was that she wanted her daughter to get the eye surgery because being beautiful, as she said, is how you succeed in life. And by having the eye surgery, her daughter would look um, beautiful, in her opinion. Specifically, she wanted her daughter to look less Asian and more Caucasian. So in her mind, somehow it has been... um, sort of ingrained in her psyche that looking more Caucasian will make her daughter look uh, beautiful and thus have more opportunities in life. So where did she get this from, right? Where are these ideas coming from that if you somehow look like Um, the dominant culture that you will be able to again have the opportunities of that culture and I think it just comes from what you see right so you see this group of people um, that supposedly are more successful Um, they are they make up the majority of the wealthy in America Um, they are going to Uh, college at higher rates, supposedly, and they just have all of these opportunities um, more so than any other group of people. So I think that if you want to talk about a more primal common sense, that primal common sense would tell you that if this group is doing so well, perhaps you should go out of your way to be and look like this group. So that really leads me to my next Sort of point, and it has to do with this idea of assimilation and how it relates to internalized racism. So, if you're going to say that what we are doing, what my minorities are doing when they um, adopt the culture of white people, is cultural appropriation, then you then have to look at the consequences of that, right? So, when you see a Kardashian wearing braids, and you know getting enhancements to make their lips and their ears bigger, the consequences of that is always praise, you know? It's always, wow, um, Kim Kardashian looks so this, or Kelly Jenner looks so that, um, and it's really cool that they're wearing braids and that they have these, you know, butt implants and lip implants, and people sort of praise them for that. But when you look at little Kim, um, and she's bleached her skin. She has um blonde weaves all the time, and some people would say that she's trying to look European. Little Kim has been bashed five ways to Sunday about how she looks. No one's praising Little Kim. Um, no one praised Michael Jackson for the decisions that he made to alter his appearance. So why do we see this sort of you know this? This sort of um, bias when it comes to white people appropriating, you know, black culture. Um, And we don't get black people don't sort of get that same praise when they supposedly appropriate white culture. And I think it's because we don't really see it as that. I don't think that people really see um, what Michael Jackson did or what little Kim has done as cultural appropriation we see it as self-hatred we see it as and when i say we um i would say you know other black people and just based on popular opinion about little kim michael jackson the majority of people who have a comment on this topic they really see this as a form of self-hatred and what i would call i would call internalized racism so I feel like it's only a natural trigger that when you begin to want to change your appearance because you're believing in the hype that somehow how you look and where you come from and your customs and your norms are abnormal and not good enough and will not afford you opportunities, you begin to demonize those same looks, those same customs and those same norms to the point where you you change your appearance and and it's not cool, right? And it's not acceptable. It just looks like you just blatantly hate yourself. And we actually see this playing out in communities of color all over the place. So you see it within the African American community with this whole light skin dark skin divide. Um again, the brown paper bag test. You see this where, you know, black people have internalized this idea of themselves that looking Uh, more European is uh, favorable and this is how you want to look and darker skinned black people you know aren't the most attractive and I will argue that this is something that happens more so in the black community than it does happen um um across white and black communities so I feel like you would more likely uh, hear a black male say that a dark-skinned black woman is unattractive than you would a white male but because, of, because I think that the images of black people and this idea that being black is not acceptable and that being black does automatically put you in this lesser class has been internalized to make people hate themselves. So when you hear a mother tell her 12-year-old child that her eyes are not pretty enough perhaps not pretty at all and that in order for her to be pretty she has to look more caucasian that is sending a message to that child um and this is the message that the mother holds herself that her the eyes that are the predominant eye shape within her group of people within her society is not a pretty feature so then you have this sort of internalized hatred Towards within that group, towards all people who still have that feature that you consider to be undesirable and that feature that's not going to allow them to have the same opportunities as the girls who can afford to have the eye surgery. So then this divide starts to happen where all people who can't afford to change their eyes belong to this class of people, this class of other. That is somehow less than the people who can afford to change their eyes. So now you have this whole sort of divide of eyes now um, and and this internalized hatred for the shape of your eyes because you have been tricked into believing that um, somehow Caucasian eyes are more attractive because you see Caucasian eyes. On TV more And you see people talking about How beautiful Caucasian women are More so I guess Than you would see people talking about How beautiful Asian women are But we could argue that that's because Maybe we're not stepping up enough As minority groups To promote our beauty And to speak positively of ourselves And so part of this Doing this um, podcast Is to really get you all to think about How you're speaking of beauty to your kids and 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 what it means to want to all of a sudden abandon your culture and abandon who you are and take on the norms and the culture of another group of people now the conversation of beauty is a whole different topic so I don't want to get into that too much but you can see how there is a tie between this idea of cultural appropriation assimilation and internalized racism you start to assimilate to the point where you start to really take on these ideas that you are not good enough therefore anyone who is not able to escape for example having dark skin or having kinky hair those people are still not good enough you don't like those people even though you are still that person underneath the weave or underneath the perm there are there's still hair that is going to grow out kinky if you stop perming it. Even though you have bleached your skin, that doesn't change the fact that you were born with darker skin. So, with the skin bleaching, with the eye surgeries, with this light skin, dark skin divide, with the whole untouchable thing, you see. Self hatred, which leads me to believe, you see, you see self hatred, and you see this internalized racism, which leads me to believe that we're not really seeing cultural appropriation in the sense that Jesse Williams um, spoke about. We are seeing um, a sad attempt to assimilate um, out of a desperate need to fit in in order to have what you think are opportunities that are limited to this group right that are limited to the dominant group to the majority group so i think when we make comments like everyone's appropriating everyone's culture we need to keep talking about this is that true Is that what we are actually seeing happen or are we seeing something way deeper, something that needs psychological intervention, something that needs more support and more community conversations behind it in order to sort of halt, you know, this this from happening from from people wanting to sort of abandon themselves from people hating themselves because they've been told for so long that who they are and where they come from and how they look is not good enough um so i want you all to take um, a few things away from this episode Number one, I want you to take away from this episode thinking about cultural appropriation and what that actually means. I want you to take away from this episode thinking about assimilation and what that actually means. And then I want you to um, I want you to comment on this podcast and have a conversation with me and tell me what you think is happening with minority groups. Um, Are we seeing cultural appropriation with little Kim? Are we seeing cultural appropriation with Azealia Banks, who just recently admitted to bleaching her skin? Or are we seeing a very deeply rooted psychological problem? Um, I do remember Azealia Banks saying that if she had lighter skin, she would sell more records. And to me, that doesn't sound like cultural appropriation. To me, that sounds like she honestly believes that her appearance is the reason why she is not as successful as a musician as she would like to be. So, um, what are your experiences um, with cultural appropriation? If you are a white person and you have been accused of this, um, what do you think? If you are a white person and you have accused other white people of this, why? Let's have a conversation about it. If you are a person of color, if you are a minority, um, and you have decided to... Become more like the uh, majority group. What does that look like? And why did you make those decisions? And how do you feel about this idea of internalized racism? Why did you feel the need to assimilate? You know, have you assimilated? Do you even see this as assimilation, or do you just simply believe that it's as easy as Whoopi Goldberg um, sort of put out there that everyone's appropriate in everyone's culture, and that's that. So I really want to have a conversation about this. So let's talk about this. You can find me at KeepTalkingTV.com. I am on Twitter at I say they lied on Instagram at KeepTalkingTV. So I'm actually going to put out um, an, a story, an example um, of what I think is, again, an attempt to assimilate and i want you guys to respond to that example in addition to the podcast entirely Um, my name is jay frederick and this is episode one of keep talking i'm glad you listened and i hope i made you feel something whether it was anger whether it made you want to think or slap me or say hooray as long as you are feeling something and as long as you are starting to think more in depth about this idea about this topic then you know what i've done my job this is keep talking thank you so much for listening can do